Take your Bibles tonight, Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter 10, I'd just like to take a moment to set at rest, what's this? Because I know you're going to think about it, what's this? I had a kidney transplant seven years ago and, and they said that uh, because you have someone else's kidney in your body, your body will fight it, your body will kill it. So you have to, we have to give you medicine that keeps you dumb. <laughs> so that kind of explains a lot of things. And uh, so they said this medicine will fool your body so it doesn't know there's someone else's kidney in there or it would kill it. But they said the downside of that is when you get out in the sunlight, it won't know that those sun rays are also hurting you too. And so just like there's people that come down to Florida to get to the sun, I have to get away from the sun. And so they said, you are 10 times more susceptible to skin cancer than anyone else would be. And so about every four months, I go to a skin specialist, sees these little spots that the sun has done, spray them with nitrogen, takes care of it. Six months ago, they found a spot here, and they said, we'll spray it. Two months later, they said, it's getting bigger. They took a biopsy, and two months later, it's even bigger yet. They said, we have one of two choices. Uh, one of them was not cut the head off, but one, one was radiation, the other one is cut it out, take a piece from your neck and put that there. And they said, for six months, it'll just look bad. And so I have four and a half months more, and it'll look great. <laughs> we went to Home Depot, we got a color match, and so that's all covered well. And so you say, how can you make fun of that? What's the other option? God still called me into the ministry. I'm still doing the greatest thing I could ever do. It's just good. I just want you to know what's going on. I, I, don't, I want you to hear me preach, not look at this. <laughs> Having said that, it is an honor to be here. Your pastor is just about the greatest friend that I have. Your church is just about the greatest encouragement that we have. And if you, if this is your church, you're used to this. But for we who are not used to this, this is an oasis. Thank God for you. My wife and I were able to fly. It was minus 39 with the wind chill last weekend. It's good to at any time, I think, go to Florida, but particularly good this last Monday as we flew here. And uh, both of our planes were late, but uh, because of snow, I heard about a little guy, I'll get to my text, Luke chapter 10. Heard about a little guy that got on an airplane and he sat next to the window and no sooner had he sat down than right beside him sat a big, heavy, strong, mean looking, hulky guy that plopped down in the seat next to him and he immediately fell asleep. Well, this little guy started to feel a little airsick but he's afraid to wake the big guy up to ask if he can go to the bathroom. He knows he better not climb over him, so the little guy just sits there looking at the big guy, trying to decide what to do. Suddenly, the plane hits an air pocket, and an uncontrollable wave of nausea passes through this little guy. He can't hold it in any longer, and he throws up all over the chest of this big guy. About five minutes later, the big guy wakes up, looks down at his own chest and sees the mess all over him. Little guy knows he better think of something real fast. So the little guy says, are you feeling better now? <laughs> 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 I 
I trust you're feeling better now. Take your Bibles here, Luke chapter 10. I won't even have you stand. I'd just like to read verse 38 and 39 to be started. The Bible says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for each one that's here. What a blessing to be at a Bible conference, a place for the Bible is still believed. No corrections are necessary. It's all true. It's all right. It all can help us. And Lord, I pray that the Spirit of God would once again speak to us in this message tonight. Help us as we look at this assigned subject. Teach us something very practical that could help each one. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Carlson, who is your assigned woman? Well, actually, my assigned woman is not one but two. Martha and Mary. And I figured if all these other preachers got 40 minutes for one. <laughs> but I never got that email, so I guess I'm stuck to 40 minutes. Uh, we're looking tonight at Martha and Mary. And uh, from the outset, let me just give you a little bit of detail that might help. First of all, we find there in verse number 38, look at it if you would. It says in the middle of the verse, and a certain woman named Martha received him, Jesus, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. So the first thing we know is that Martha and Mary are sisters. We're told that they lived in a particular village. Look again at verse number 38. The Bible says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. So they lived in a particular village, but the name of that village is not given there in Luke 10. Keep your hand there if you would. Turn over to John chapter number 11. John chapter number 11. Brother Carlson, what village is that they lived in? Look there in John chapter 11 and verse number 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. So Mary and Martha live in this village of Bethany. While you're still there in John chapter 11, we're told that Mary and Martha had a brother. In fact, we uh, read that again, John 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha, verse 3. Therefore his sisters. So Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they're all brothers and sisters. They live in Bethany. Bethany is, uh, if you would look there in John 11, verse 18. Again, John chapter 11, verse 18. Now Bethany, that's their hometown was nigh unto Jerusalem about 15 furlongs off. That's about a mile and a half. And you say, Brother Carlson, why would that be so significant? Because often Jesus all day long preached in Jerusalem. He taught in Jerusalem. He, uh, he uh, did miracles in Jerusalem. But after a full day in Jerusalem, how often our Lord would take the trip a mile and a half to go to that next town of Bethany. Uh, you can let go John, but uh, look there in Mark chapter number 11. Mark chapter number 11. We're just trying to get a foundation here in order that we get better look at these two women. Mark chapter number 11 and look at verse number 11. Mark 11 and verse 11, and Jesus entered in Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. 
and on the morrow when they were come from Bethany. I'm saying to you, many times Jesus ministered in Jerusalem all day. But at the end of the day, to him, it was well worth a trip to travel in a mile and a half out of that city of Jerusalem to go to Bethany. Because this was a precious place for Jesus to spend a night. Wouldn't that be a great compliment if the Lord were walking this earth today that after a full day of ministry, he chose to go to your home. Or he chose to go to my home. That he found it a welcome place. That he found it a place where talk of Jesus was good talk. And fellowship with Jesus was good fellowship. I'm saying to you that these, uh, these two sisters, Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus, they had a home was conducive to Jesus Christ. What a blessed thing that that is. And it ought to be true that your home and my home, that Jesus would be a welcome visitor. It's not like they had to ask, ask him to stay outside the door for a few minutes while we just tidy up clean up some cans on the table that shouldn't be there. Maybe close some magazines that ought not to be there. Find that old family Bible and blow it off to set it down to make it look like something that we're not at all. I'm saying this is the home. This is the home where Jesus often made this journey after a whole day of ministry. Our assignment tonight is to look at these two women, Martha and Mary, two sisters mentioned in the same passage. Do you know the Holy Spirit inspired these gospel writers to put these two side by side in order that we learn something from them? How many times in the Bible does God do that? Many times we read about the Lord putting two side by side, Cain and Abel, so we could decide which of those are we more like. Our Lord put Abraham and Lot side by side, Isaac and Ishmael, Saul and David, Peter and Judas, Paul and John Mark. Again, there are several passages where we find Martha and Mary. And my title, if you're taking notes, Martha and Mary of Bethany. Look, if you would, first of all, back there in Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter 10, Brother Carlson, what's the first thing that we could learn from these two ladies. Luke chapter number 10, if you would look at verse number 39. Luke 10 and verse 39, the Bible says, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. Do you know as much as it's true that Martha and Mary lived at the same address? As much as it's true that each of them could say, I have one sister and one brother. As much as it's true that Martha and Mary were both raised by the same parents. Martha and Mary each had the same upbringing. They each enjoyed the friendship and the fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know with all that's similar about those two sisters, there was something that was very different between those women. And the first difference that I notice is in their persuasion about what each could do that Jesus would desire most in their lives. Think with me, they heard that Jesus was coming. It says there in verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving. And so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, 
Her very first thought, I couldn't please him by preparing a full, full course meal. That was the first thing that came to her mind. She was persuaded that there was no better way that she could lo, uh, show her love for Jesus than by serving him. So Martha quickly headed to the kitchen. She began to make very elaborate plans on how she could satisfy his hunger. She didn't want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That wasn't her thought. Her master deserves so much more. We find that she began a great plan that would demand much serving. That's Martha. You know, Martha was a much serving woman. And you know, instead, uh, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 40, we find that she begins her plans. I'm sure she decided he needs fish, probably potatoes and cooked vegetables, fresh bread, something fresh to drink and some kind of special dessert. And if you knew Martha, you knew that not only a meal was needed, but she probably decided the table has to be set. Needs a tablecloth and fine china and the best of cutlery and a folded cloth napkin, salt and pepper and seasonings, probably flowers on the centerpiece for beauty and for fragrance. I think that Martha probably hung up the best of framed pictures on the wall and she planned maybe for some special music in the background. I'm sure the floor had to be swept more than once. All the cobwebs would have to be removed and the furniture dusted. To other hosts, it might have been okay to slap two pieces of bread together and put some meat or cheese in between. But that wasn't Martha. If you're taking notes, I would suggest to you as we look at Martha and Mary of Bethany, I want you to consider first the different persuasions of each of those women. This uh, woman named Martha, she was convinced that the very best thing that she could do to please her Lord was to serve Christ. You know, she planned it properly. She prepared it properly. It was a grand production. I think some of us are, some of us are like that. You know, we have some big day at the church that's coming up. And the plans begin. And the lists start. We have to do this and plan this and arrange this and get this ready. Some of us can identify with Martha. Quite honestly, in the text, I can. Hyper-organized to a fault. And if it's not all set up just right, 99% is not sufficient. It has to be 100%. And quite honestly, I can't understand other people that aren't. They kind of fly by the seat of their pants. And if somebody forgot to put out the cutlery, oh, well, we'll use their fingers. Pardon? <laughs> this is for the Lord. Come on, what do you mean without cutlery? Amen. Where's the goblets? What about that stain on that cup right there? What about that spot on that tablecloth? Martha was a woman that was convinced the very best that she could do to please her Lord was serve and plan and arrange and organize. Some of you in the room tonight are just like that. You think like that. You plan like that. But how different Mary was. Mary was not Martha. In fact, if you look in our text, Luke chapter number 10, we find what a different persuasion that this woman Mary was like 
Do you know, in contrast to Martha, we find that when Mary heard that Jesus' visit was coming, look there in the end of verse number, well, let's read all of verse number 39, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Mary gave no thought to what Jesus might eat at their house. Mary cared not for the decorations or for the music or any other guests. As far as Mary was concerned, let's forfeit the food and don't bother with the decor. Let's go straight to the Bible study. Mary's only thought was that this visit was an opportunity for her to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to him speak and all of Martha's virtues of hospitality never crossed Mary's mind, not even once. Mary was so different whether Jesus was served fish or beef or chicken. As long as it wasn't pork, it didn't matter if it was baked <laughs> or broiled or fried. Mary mused on none of those things. She was persuaded that her listening to Christ and even talking to Christ is what would please her Lord the most. I see, first of all, in our text, the different persuasions of each of those women. Martha decided to serve, and Mary decided to sit and to listen. And lest you think tonight that I am being unfair to these women, could I have you look there at verse number 41? The Bible says that Jesus described Martha's persuasion with two, two words. Look there in verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. If you're writing notes, that was Martha. Martha was a many things believer. She always had many things on the go. She had many pots on the stove. She had many irons in the fire. She had many tasks that she intended to do. Martha was a many things Christian. Her to-do list was a long one. No sooner was she done one of those things and she'd cross it off and begin another. But how different Mary was. Look at verse 42. Jesus had two words that described Mary very different. Jesus says in verse 42, but one thing. So Martha is a many things. Mary is a one thing. Mary is with one thing Christian. Mary's day and her week and her month and her year and her life was ever busy with one thing. She didn't give thought to the many things that Martha did. She was consumed with one thing. Aren't there people in every church just like that? I know that there are some here that are visiting from your church that's a distance away. Most of you would be in this church, but aren't there some in every church who are just like Martha? They're always busy doing some kind of ministry for God. It's not enough to just preach a message or just teach a class or just play an instrument or just prepare a meal, they have to prepare three or four. They must put hours and hours into their preparation, their planning, and they're always preparing. Their desire is a grand production. These, as Martha is convinced, it's my serving that pleases the Lord most. And if it's my work that Jesus admires most, then I must always be about the work. 
And so in a church, I don't know if your church does it, our church does. We uh, sing a couple of congregational Sunday night, then we open up for specials. And when specials uh, open up for requests, you know, Martha's request always was work for the night is coming. <laughs> work for the night is coming, work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling, work mid springing flowers. Work when the day goes brighter, work in the glowing sun, work for the night is coming when man's work is done. And she wasn't singing that, she was singing to the work, to the work, we are servants of God. Let us, uh, let us follow the path that our master hath trod. With the balm of his counselor, our strength renew, let us do with our might what our hands find to do. Toiling on, toiling on, that's Martha. That's Martha. I, I'm trying to get you to understand. These women are as different as night and day. Yeah. Martha worked. But aren't there others in our church that aren't anything like Martha? Some of them are just like Mary. When Martha's tongue is hanging out, ever busy planning for the next big event. Not Mary. She's off in the corner. She's talking to God. She's listening to the Lord. Mary's are convinced it's my communion that pleases the Lord. It's worship that Jesus admires most. When requests are taken from Bethany Baptist Church, Mary raises her hand, sweet hour of prayer. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my Father's throne make all my wants and wishes known. In seasons of distress and grief, my soul has often found relief and oft escaped the tempter's snare by thy return, sweet hour of prayer. They're different. I say to you as we try to examine Martha and Mary of Bethany, the different persuasions of each of those women. Could I give you a second thing that we learn from the text? Look there in Luke chapter 10 and verse 40. Luke chapter 10 and verse 40, but Ma Martha was cumbered about much serving. She always was. There's no surprise with verse 40. But it says, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, dost thou not care? Stop right there. Could you imagine accusing our Lord of not caring? That was a miss. <laughs> But you know that if you are a Martha Christian here tonight, you are going to be frustrated because you're probably going to set a goal that you'll never reach. You'll never accomplish it all. And here Martha came to the place where she realized, I cannot get this full banquet plan completed in time for my Lord. And so she looked around for help, and there was no help to be found. And she looked around for her sister, and her sister was not to be found. I'm saying to you that not only are these two women different in their persuasions, but would you write this down? Secondly, the definite problems between those women. Bible says there in verse number 40, but Martha was cumbered about, that word cumbered means weighed down, means burdened, means hampered, hindered, bothered, distressed. In exasperation, Martha looked around for some help. 
and she couldn't find any help. You know, if she had just simply decided, I can't get this all done, uh, listen to me. Because the Lord never asked me to do all this. That is key. Maybe it would have been wise for her to say, because the Lord never asked me to do all that I have planned. I have one of two options. I can either get more help to do what I'm endeavoring to do, or I have to cut back on what I'm planning to do. How many understand that? Four. How many understand that? We're up to eight. Listen, if you are cumbered about with all that you're trying to accomplish, if it's not what God has specifically told you to do, Maybe you've set a goal that's impractical, that's only going to drive you to become angry at others that aren't helping you do it, and ultimately angry at God himself. Can't you see Martha going out of the kitchen, seeing Jesus there and Mary at Jesus' feet? Now, I can imagine, just like you. I imagine Martha came out like this. <laughs> I think she was upset. She was upset at Mary and she was upset at Jesus Christ. When you get upset at the Lord, something is wrong. Do you see what Martha is doing? She's got upset at her sister. Martha thinks that Mary is just sitting in another room doing nothing but small talk with Christ. And if it isn't enough that Martha's mad at Mary, Martha's actually scolding the Lord. Lord, does thou not care? Do you know, whatever our ministry is, if we got an angry spirit toward others and toward God, we're on dangerous ground. When I get upset with the brethren because they're not serving like I'm serving, eventually I'll get upset at God too. And somewhere that'll hurt our ministry for God. But could I say to you, before we all shoot all of her bullets at Martha, I don't think she deserves them all. And, and I'm kind of damaged a bit by the previous message, but we'll correct that damage. <laughs> We're friends. When, when, when Martha goes out in that living room, just unloading on the Lord for not straightening the problem out. Where's Mary? Help me, where's Mary? At the feet of Jesus. So when Martha just, just bears her heart to God, to Jesus, and said, I, I can't get all this done, can we assume that Jesus heard her beef? I think that would be fair. Can we also therefore assume that Mary heard her beef? What'd Mary do? Nothing. <laughs> That's not very gentleman, gentlewomanly of her. <laughs> she totally ignored the burden that was placed before her. So listen, folks, you know what? Mar Martha being frustrated with the Lord that Mary wouldn't help. Mary contributed to the strife in that home. Is that fair? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
I'm saying to you, secondly, we notice that there probably is work on both sides to be done. Verse 39 tells us that Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. That means that when Martha put into words her frustration, that Mary clearly overheard Martha pour out her complaint to Jesus. But none of Martha's burdens seemed to have found any sympathy in Mary's heart. And what Mary heard Martha say didn't seem to faze her at all. She ignored Martha. You know what I'd suggest? I said, I'd suggest if you're a Martha, you expect every other Christian to be a Martha too. And if you're a Mary, you expect every other Christian to be a Mary too. If you serve and serve and serve and serve, it frustrates you when you find Christians that just haven't caught on to the need of service. You bang your head against the wall until there's a mark like that. You can't understand why they can't understand. Somebody is going to have to roll up their sleeves and get the work of God done. Yes, sir. And if you're a Mary, you can't understand what all the hype is about. I mean, Jesus is here in our home. What are we going to be doing in the kitchen? He wants to talk to somebody. You can't understand why these that are running like chickens without heads, why they won't stop long enough to spend time with Jesus Christ. That is a frustration in the congregations of every church. You know, I went to Bible college. I got over it, but I went to Bible college. <laughs> Do you know the people that were in the bus ministry had the opinion, if you weren't in the bus ministry, you weren't right with God? The people that were in the prison ministry were convinced if you didn't serve in the prison ministry, you weren't right with God. The people, you've got all kinds of ministries and they're all valid and they're all worthy, but not everybody can be in every ministry. But that is the problem that was going on in the, that's the strife. That kind of strife goes on in a church, that kind of strife goes, difference of opinion. You know, when I married my wife, it was one of the greatest decisions, she asked me to tell you that, it was one of the greatest decisions. <laughs> I'm a Canadian, born in Canada. She's an American, born in America. God forgave her for that, we, we got married. <laughs> You know, years ago, most of the Bible colleges had put out these music CDs. One song in every one of those music CDs was some kind of a patriotic song. Am I, am I correct? I, I don't know that's true anymore. But there was these, and so we're playing these Christian CDs in our house, and they eventually get to these patriots, here it for the red, white, and blue. Well, my wife, bless her heart, my wife's an American. And so she just goes, here it for the red, white, and blue. I'm a Canadian. We're not about to let that pass. So she's going through the living room and I'm going, let's hear it for the red, white and red. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Strife in a home is when there's a different agenda. Strife in the church is when there's a different agenda. We're looking at Martha and Mary at Bethany. We've already considered the fact that there were different persuasions in each of those women. Martha served and Mary listened. Martha worked and Mary worshiped. We've seen there's definite problems between those women. 
Martha was angry at Mary and Jesus. Mary just ignored Martha. I give you a third thing. Look there in Luke chapter 10 and verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her. So Martha's just complained. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Do you know in verse 41, Jesus acknowledges to Martha that she's got a lot on her spiritual plate. He says to her, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Jesus acknowledged that. Jesus acknowledged to Martha that all of those things have required her care and have even brought her trouble. And you and I might have expected Jesus to say to Martha, I think that you should just cut back on all those ministries. We might have expected that. I think the way some preachers preach the text, they think that's what Jesus said. Look at verse 42. Look at the advice in verse 42 that Jesus gives Martha. Jesus says, one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Could I give you third? The deliberate prescription for each of those women. I think they each had a problem. I don't think the problem was just Martha cumbered and Mary at the feet of Christ. I think the Lord had something to say to each of those women, and I know you might question that, but I'll try to prove it in a minute. It's pretty obvious what Jesus says to Martha, and uh, notice again in verse number 42. Jesus said to Martha, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part. I think I'm safe in a crowd because we're a Bible-believing crowd. We, we, there's no words of the Bible we change. Are you with me? Amen. Eight. We got eight. Are you with me? Amen. Okay. I want you to notice in verse 42, it doesn't say, but Mary hath chosen that only part. Look at it. It's not written on this forehead. Look at it. Verse 42, Jesus did not say, but Mary hath chosen that only part. He said to a woman that was ever busy, so busy, that she probably sacrificed time that was needed to spend alone with Christ, and said, with all of your busyness, you need to add to your busy life, Martha, what Mary has figured out. He didn't say to Martha, you need to replace everything you do with what Mary's doing. Do you know the church wouldn't be better if everyone was a Mary? We wouldn't have eaten a meal tonight yes, sir. if everyone was married. We wouldn't have sang with instruments if everyone was married. Yes, sir. By the end of this conference, this building would have looked like a pig pen if everyone 
was a Mary. He said to Martha, and he acknowledged that Martha had been cumbered with many things and it brought her trouble and brought her care. He said, you know what, Martha, God bless you for all you do, but there's something you need to add to what you do. And Mary's got that one figured out. Again, I'm going to show you in a minute, but I I think what's not recorded in the text, and I'm going to explain why I believe this, but I, I think that Jesus turned to Mary too. I think Jesus turned to Mary and said, Mary, you got, you got something good figured out. But Mary, you need to add to what you do. It's probably time for you to roll up your sleeves. It's Making of a meal is an overwhelming task. You could help. You could participate. You could engage. Four hands can always do more than two. I never remember whether it was Spurgeon or Moody. I'll pick Spurgeon. Um, Spurgeon, Spurgeon said one man can do the job of ten men but 10 men can do the job of 10 men much easier. Yes, sir. If you're a Mary, don't give up what you're doing. Maybe you could roll up your sleeves and help a little bit more. If you're a Martha, all that busyness it might just go a little bit further if you got God's help and God's hand and God's breath behind it all. I say to you, we see the two prescriptions that our Lord gave to each of them. Jesus wasn't telling Martha to, Martha to scrap her serving in ministry and labor and trade it for a life of quiet meditation. You know, it's not an easy thing to maintain the right balance. But I say no Christian can be spiritually healthy who does not commune with God and meditate in his word. But no Christian will accomplish all that they should unless they also roll up their sleeves and get active in God's service. I know that Acts 2 we look back upon and think what a tremendous day. I think you'd agree, Acts 2, a day of Pentecost, tremendous day. Some would say it was because 10 days of prayer had been used to prepare that Acts chapter 2 day of Pentecost. But all that prayer demanded 12 men to go out into that street and lift up their voice and preach the Word of God. I say third, the deliberate prescription for each of those women. If, you're, if for you praying comes easy as it did Mary, by all means pray, pray and pray some more. The sign of mere maturity will be seen as you'll pick up some gospel tools and get to minister for him. Christian, if serving comes easy to you as it did to Martha, by all means serve. 
The sign of your maturity will be seen as you get down at Jesus' feet and spend more time with him. If you looked in Luke chapter 10, there are three different passages that talk about these women. I'm going to skip over the second one. The second one is John chapter 11 when Lazarus got sick. And uh, Martha and Mary sent word to Jesus, He whom thou lovest is sick. We know that Jesus came later, certainly, than they had planned. That was John 11, but could I close tonight with John chapter 12? John chapter number 12. Again, we looked at the different persuasions of each of these women. We looked at the definite problems between these women. We looked at the deliberate prescription for each of these women. Martha, you just need more listening. Mary, you need more serving. Martha, you need more worship. Mary, you need more work. John 12, look there, if you would, in verse number one. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, who means raised from the dead. There they, you catch that second word? There they made him a supper. It's no longer just Martha making the supper. Now they made him supper. Mary got it. It doesn't say she got back on praying. It doesn't say she's any less interested in spending time listening to Christ. But she rolled up her, she put an apron on, she rolled up her sleeves, and she got into it. You know, it's the great differences between what happened in Luke 10 and what happened in John chapter 12. Incidentally, there, it, it, could be, it could be weeks, if not months, that has passed between Luke 10 and John chapter. In Luke chapter 10, it seems that Jesus was their only guest. But here in John 12, it's Jesus, and as you read through John 12, it's his 12 also are guests. In Luke 10, the atmosphere was filled with tension. As Martha was angry with Mary and Jesus, there's no tension we find in John 12. In Luke 10, Martha had prepared the entire meal by herself and grumbled all the while she did. In John 12, we read in the very same home there, they made him a supper. Mary joined in the preparation. In Luke chapter 10, Martha had to serve the whole meal to just one and fumed the whole time she did. In John 12, we read, and Martha served, but there's no grumbling now on Martha's part. In Luke 10, when Mary sat at Jesus' feet, Martha voiced fault for what she seemed was her sister's non-productivity. But look there in John 12, 3. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, the same meal, same meal, very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. And you know, Martha was no longer standing there and saying, what are you doing? I'm saying there was a change that took place between Luke 10 and John 12. In Luke 10, they all had their own preference and what they thought they could do that would please the Lord the most. 
we find they were very critical of others that did not have that same persuasion. The problem that it created between them, by John chapter 12, they both had to figure it figured out. Emma. You know, every person here, either working just comes so much easier to you than getting alone with God. We sing the song, Sweet Hour of Prayer. I wonder how many could practice what we sing in that song. Because quite honestly, for some, what would you do with the remaining 59 minutes? <laughs> and if service comes to you so easy, our text challenges you. God, help me. Help me to get on my face and talk to you. Maybe if Martha had done that, the Lord would have said, I don't like potatoes. <laughs> and I sure don't like broccoli. <laughs> and you can cut out the cornbread, I'll just have regular rye. Maybe if Martha had spent a little more time with God, maybe Jesus would have said, listen, let's cut the menu in half so that you can get at my feet too and listen to me. Amen. And Mary, if for you, you can identify with Mary. Oh, preacher, all this, all this, all this getting out of the street and handing out gospel tracts and pastor, that's just not me. Well, maybe it should be you. Whatever comes natural, in your life, God wants the other one too. I heard a preacher tell this, and I'm done with this. He said, as an old man in his church, praying came so easy. For him, he could spend hours. He got sickly to the point where he couldn't breathe well, and he had, to, he had to carry an oxygen tank, little wheels everywhere he went. And when he went into church and went back home, and he had this oxygen, oxygen mask, and he never did get out in ministry. He always had all the reasons why he couldn't. To one Saturday morning, the folks at church met there at the parking lot of the church, and people would load up on those church buses to be taken out to different communities where they could knock on doors and pass out tracks. And uh, that didn't come easy to this, this man. But that next Saturday, he's out there. He's. <laughs> And the preacher stops him just before he gets in the bus. And he said, brother, what are you doing? You can't go from door to door. You just aren't able to do that. And he said, preacher, don't stop me now. He said, I'll still keep praying as much as I always have. But I've got to go with them. I can fold some tracks. I can keep track of the neighborhoods that they go into. With all the extra time, I'll still keep praying.
if you're a Martha, maybe it's time to ask God to help you have a little more Mary. And if you're a Mary, maybe it's time to roll up those sleeves and do a little more Martha. Let's pray. Father, would you help us? You've given the privilege of comparing two women. And Lord, in their own respective fields, they were masters of what they did. But they came to the place where I think they got critical of others who weren't just like them. Lord, help us to find out what it is that we're still missing. And God, please help us sincerely on our face before God to say, Lord, would you help me with this too? We ask it in Jesus' name.